hello and welcome one and all to another edition of the Sugar Frost Podcast. Glad to have you dropping in on us uh, with me. Of course, to my left is John Perdue, and to my left is Cockfighting. And also join us via back phone is Wright State University's own Dave Baxter. Uh, today we're going to be talking about 80s teen movies. We had already previously talked about uh, stuff from the 50s and 60s, and uh, you know the 80s is when everything went crazy as far as teen movies went. There were just a billion of them produced uh, in that decade. And uh, we might as well just jump right in here. And here we go. In the 80s, it, this stuff was off and running. Uh, some of the actors in some of these movies, Emilio Estevez, uh, mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen, Rob Lowe, Andrew McCarthy, Demi Moore, Judd Nelson, mm-hmm. Molly Matt, Ringwald, Matt Alex, Dillon. Uh, Tom Cruise, E. Thomas mm-hmm. Howe, Matt Dillon, Patrick James, Swayze, uh-huh. James Spader, James Spader, Spader, Ralph Macchio, right. Robert Downey Jr., yeah. John, and Go- uh, John and Joan Cusack, mm-hmm. Evan Bacon, Anthony Mike Hall, John Cryer. I mean... Yeah, it just goes on and on. Yeah. Johnny Depp. Yeah. I know all these guys got their starts with these uh, teen movies from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting us off, I want to start off Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes. An, an iconic movie uh, for it, a lot of reasons. Right at the beginning of the 80s, 1982. 82. Mm-hmm. Um, written by Cameron Crowe. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I think it, I, I think he had written a book that he based Oh, did he? On. Okay. Uh, he went, he went undercover. He was so young. Look, you probably you guys probably know this already. He was so young looking that he went undercover at a San Diego area high school, and uh, just and he got actually enrolled as a student and started observing his classmates. Oh wow! And, and wrote that from largely from what he heard kids talking about and doing. And several of the characters really are, are loosely based on people who he met. While he was doing that, mm-hmm. so I thought that was uh, that's that's interesting. I, I mean, Sean Penn. This was his, I think, second movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the one that really got him it, on the map. Well, his first movie was Taps. Oh yeah, well that's that's a, that's a good one too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but this absolutely put him on the map mm-hmm. as a complete goof. Yeah, and uh, and I think I mentioned to you. He played that character so well that I was like, oh, okay, this is what this guy plays. So I expected <laughs> yeah. Sean Penn to be Jeff Spicoli in Bad Boys for the next, <laughs> yeah, for the next 10 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just learned about Cuba. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, then I, I went to the uh, drive in to see Bad Boys. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, he's actually really fucking good. Well, yeah, or Mystic River or any of that stuff. Uh, yeah. It's not at all, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, what an actor. Yeah. He demanded that everybody on the set call him Spicoli. Yes, he, he really, stayed in character great. the entire yeah. shoot. That's great. The whole time, yeah. <laughs> but how much fun would that have been on set? I was just thinking... <laughs> I yeah. was thinking, how annoying would that get after about fifteen minutes? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, we get it. You're Spicoli. 
So, uh, so, so yeah. Then you have uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee, Forrest Whitaker, Judge uh, Judge Reinhold. Yes. Phoebe Cates, Ray Walston, my favorite mm-hmm. margin. Mm-hmm. Eric Stoltz and newcomer Nicholas Coppola. Yeah. Yeah. Nicholas Cage. Yep. Nick Cage. Yeah. Um, I, this movie holds up amazingly well. I agree. It, it, it's got some hard hitting subjects. You know, they tackle abortion. Right. They tackle, uh, you, you know, being the being sort of an under under advantaged kid trying to fit into. You know that that to me was a little bit of Judge Reinhold's character. You know he had to work at the right the, the place, and then he then he got fired and worked at the other place. You know, <laughs> doing the 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 fish, the the Long John Silver's type restaurant. So yeah, it, it's has a lot of you know, and and to me the Judge Reinhold probably had the most redeeming character in that. You know, he, I agree. He really stood by his sister and a hundred percent. Yeah, he was by far the best person as a character. Yes, and then you know you can't listen to "Moving in Stereo" by the Cars without, <laughs> without thinking of that well, slow motion, without jacking off to <laughs> just like in the, in, right in the pool house. <laughs> At least well, I can. I work in retail, and so that scene where uh, that scene in, in where, where the guy starts giving him a hard time, and his manager comes out and and fires him in front of the, uh, the in front of the customer. That rang that rang very true to me. It was a very well written. Everything in that movie I thought was really well written. Yeah, it it didn't sound contrived. It didn't sound. I I, I don't know like. Um, yeah, it just felt like you were observing a high school day most yeah. of the time, right? I mean, because you got the different types of student or not, you know, you've got the stoners and you've got the preppies and all that other stuff. And it just, it, ne- it never felt forced. It just kind of felt, it just felt organic. Like you were, yeah. you were kind of a fly on the wall watching kids be in high school. Yeah. You know. So, I, it, um... Yeah, it was a great movie. I, I've seen it. Probably five or six times, and that I, is five or six times more than me. You've never seen. I've never seen it. Oh my god! You need to see it just so you can see Phoebe Kate's breasts. Oh well, you know, <laughs> you know, you have to watch it for I that. I do uh, that, know that Judge Reinhold brought and, and, and Judge Reinhold dildo in. <laughs> really? Wait, yeah, for Wait, the what? masturbation scene. What? Oh, so so, so he, he was could, stroking he a dildo. Make it seem more real. Yes. Yeah, and oh, nobody wow. knew he was bringing it in. Now, that's dedication to your craft. That is. <laughs> and it's, it's dedication to his ego that he brought a large one. Yes! <laughs> it, it was probably cold while they were filming. <laughs> yeah, and then there's Damano, of course. You know, the that was his name, right? To me, he kind of steals that. He that, steals a lot of the movie. Yeah, he I steals think. a lot of the movie. That's kind of where I was. what I was trying to say. He was... Yeah, the the ticket scalper who yeah kind of kind of is a dick, but in the end ends up doing the right thing. You know, yes, there was redemption in this movie. A lot of people kind of when they think of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, they think of Spicoli, you know, getting high and dreaming about surfing and all that stuff. Those guys are fat. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Ratner too, mm-hmm. uh, you you felt good that. He wound up with Stacy mm-hmm. at the end of it. 
That's the Eric and, Stoltz and, character. Yeah, uh, with uh, Jennifer J- Jason yeah, Lee's right. character, mm-hmm. and uh, she realized that trying to hook up with college guys and shit wasn't worth it. Right. Get with a nice guy. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you'll maybe you'll do better. And to me, this is the genesis. This is like the flashpoint of eighties teen movies. To yeah. me. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Hundred percent. Dave. Yeah. I'm totally with you. I've probably seen it, uh, John. I've probably seen it uh, five or six times as well. And uh, yeah, good movie. It never disappoints. What I find crazy is uh, Nicolas Cage lied about his age. Yes. He was only 17. Yeah. (laughs) Really? I can't picture a 17-year-old Nick Cage. (laughs) Also, if you see Valley Girl, you can see him in that, you know. Yeah. As yeah, very yeah. weirdly looking young man. Yeah. yeah, he just wanted a bigger role, so he lied about his age. That's huh. I can't. It's brilliant. It wasn't a big role though. <laughs> it was. Yeah. He was, I mean, he was right. on a Brad's buddies. Yeah. I think that's. I think he that, was. That's what he's credited. That's somebody. Yeah. Yes. He was Brad's buddy. But I mean, that's still a seventeen-year-old Nick Cage. Right. Mm-hmm. That's. But you know, but yeah, and it's like when you can't when predict. your uncle is Francis Ford Coppola. You know, uh, true. It opens doors. <laughs> well, well, you think of the, the the people, the cast of that. You can argue that he's the one that emerged as the the biggest star of all of them, right? You can make a case for Sean Penn. Well, I mean, but John but, Penn is not the star that Nick. But Cage. Sean Penn, I think, pretty much turned his back on big box office stuff. Right, Sean Penn to is do a art. lot choosier. Yes. Than Nick Nick he, Cage will make any movie anywhere. Any, yes. He's a and, lot and like Sean Bruce Penn. Wells. Sean Penn went for the artsy. Yeah. I want to make a statement. I agree. Movie. Yeah. To, to, yeah. You know, I would always figure Judge Reinhold would be the one that would have. <laughs> 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 See, I couldn't do that with a straight face. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you, he couldn't have come off more likable. Yeah. He was a great. He was tall, goofy. Yeah. 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 I, I've always. I've liked. Everything that Judge Reinhold was. I don't know if I've heard of anything bad about Judge Reinhold. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, as far as he's been around for a while, and I've never heard any bad stories about him. I don't know if that was his first movie, but I think it was the first one I've noticed. I had noticed him at that point. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, his hilarious turn. As the close talker. Yes. I felt that. And that was just going through my mind. (laughs) That is an outstanding performance. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. So, what's next on your list? Well, I I think you know where I'm going with this. I I want to talk about The Outsiders. You know, this is another... Not... Didn't quite have the impact at the time that Fast Times at Ridgemont High did. But I think, in retrospect... It's it's become an important movie, not mainly because of what you mentioned at your introduction, where it launched, or it it had so many stars in it. Let's go through them. See <laughs> Thomas Howell, Ralph Macchio, Matt Dillon, Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze, Emilio Estevez, and I'm uh, uh, Roblo. I mean, there's just so many. And how much would that movie cost to make? Now yeah. with those stars, and in it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, well, everybody since always Patrick Swayze's dead. Yeah, it would quite, cost a lot, quite, right? Quite a bit. Yeah, yeah everybody like, talks about uh, 
you know, Tom Cruise looking kind of goofy because of his tooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had read that he actually took a cap off of his tooth to get that look. Oh, really? Yeah. He had had a, uh, uh, his tooth cap, took it off to look goofy. Yeah. Uh, which... And, of course, the stars are the ones that never didn't really... Uh, you know, you could... Ralph Macho did the Karate Kid. Right. Right. But in My Cousin Vinny, of course, which is excellent. That's a great movie. Yeah, that's a great movie. Um, but C. Thomas Howell was the really the as pony boy he was really the big star that oh yeah well, he's the main Marcio, character the two main characters you know patrick swayze had a little bit bigger role than say tom cruise did or uh you know matt dillon had a fairly important role in there as as del dal dallas um but yeah it also delved into this time honored you got the socias and you've got the the preppies or the the socias and you the greasers. So you've right. got this right. playing against each other. Guy from the wrong side of the track, you know, is is it interested in the girl from the good side of town? You know, typical, typical stuff. But it had some dark moments. You know, Matt Dillon's character meets a does a suicide by cop at the end, and yeah, and he, of course there's the fire where they get horribly burnt. It's just a really dark, you know, and it uh, feels. Yeah. Based on a, it was based on a book uh, written by an author named F. E. Hinton, which was actually a woman wrote the wrote the book mm-hmm. from which that movie was uh, was produced. That that goes back a ways. I had high school classmates, and I'm talking late '60s, uh, who were talking about that book at the time. So mm-hmm. uh, the genesis of that goes back to the to the '60s. Yeah, it takes place in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yes, which is a great backdrop for a, uh, that that kind of story. I think it's just a perfect. You know, it's hard to see that, you know, being made in San Francisco. You know, <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, um, the the scene at the drive-in is kind of iconic. You've got the play between C. C. Thomas Howell's character and Matt Matt Dillon's character, and and uh, they're trying to it. Yeah, Matt Dillon to me is my favorite character in in the. The entire thing, you know, he's he's brilliant in that. Um, you just kind of want you wanted more from the rest of them, knowing what they became later. You know, right, right. So, yeah, two thumbs up for me for the outsiders, and and I've never, I've never read the book, and I'm not. You know, normally book? for these iconic, like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, I read the Ken Casey book, so I like to read the book, but I've never read the book for this one. Both of my. Kids had to read that book. Oh, really? In high school, yeah. Oh, wow. I just wish I could read. <laughs> we all do. Damn. <laughs> it makes doing this search history like really tough to do. Well, I think we should go ahead and get right into the big one, John Hughes. Oh, yes. The 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 man. I mean, is a genre upon himself. He was an yes. eighty-teen movie. Factory. Yeah. A formula with John Hughes, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Takes place in Chicago. Right? <laughs> Has Anthony Michael Hall in it at some point. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Most of them, except for Ferris Bueller. Um, but yeah, it's very, very formulaic, and it worked because... The, although they're they just were fun to watch, really good. They're all really good, I think. And you know, the, to me, the best one is the Breakfast Club. Yeah, all of them. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, you know, 
Paul Gleason perfect in that uh, as, as the as the, uh, the, uh, the teacher. It, yes, he's yes. really good. He yeah, the rest of us. Such a smarmy, yeah, asshole. I love that character though. Oh, it's great. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. To me though, the one that steals the movie for me is Ali Sheedy. As the weirdo. I, yes, I absolutely. She did that perfectly. She did. I loved. I love her in that. She's that's my yes, favorite yeah. role. And you know what? What's funny is I remember side eyeing in high school and seeing somebody scratch their head and looking at the tantrum on their desk. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So it was a thing up there. Uh, yeah. Oh, which oh, in uh, which uh, I want to mention quickly reminds me uh, is something they all did in high school is the scene going back to uh, Fast Times real quick mm-hmm. where they all get handed their mimeograph copies and everybody sniffs the, sniffs the sniffs paper the to get yes. the, the it mimeograph did have that smell. smell didn't it? Yeah, I, I was like, oh, I, I watched it again. I was like, holy shit, that's fucking perfect. That's well, a, yeah, we, that's yeah. exactly what would happen. That's a nice touch. Yeah, I we did that. In yeah. The 60s. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember doing that. <laughs> they had Xerox in your day. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. They had jet, jet ink, whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, dot uh, matrix. They I smell dot matrix. Mimeograph <laughs> oil that smelled. Yeah, it had a peculiar <laughs> odor for certain. Uh, yeah, I, I remember kids always went into. Uh, Volunteer yeah. Can I working come? in the par- uh, principal's <laughs> office to mimeograph stuff. Because a lot of them thought they were going to get high off of it, but they no, didn't. No, you just got health problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. What I also like about this movie is it 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 takes place with a in a limited area. Like, everything yes. took place in one or two rooms. So you could really delve into the characters without a lot of distraction. I agree, yeah. And that was important for me watching it because you really got to know those kids. Yeah. You know, so you, you don't often see a movie that takes place in one Well, movie. and the, 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 the uh, I thought it was, I won't say gut-wrenching, but it was, it was the, the, the part where Emilio Estevez is talking about taping the, the, the kids' ass cheeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And him he, he portrays the remorse mm-hmm. so well on right. that or the Judd Nelson scene where he's sort of talking about his family life being shit yes you know, that's it, well, he did a very good job of that yeah so yeah the, all around there was everybody was really good in that mm-hmm. in, in their roles yeah one of my one of my all-time favorite and, and the music was so iconic with it Mm-hmm. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't you forget about me yeah. at the end is still yeah. Uh, That's uh, what you think of is yeah, that when exactly. you hear that song, right? Yeah, you know, we used to do we used to do that song, and I can't tell you how many times somebody had their fist in the air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> while we yeah. were doing like Peter Griffin, you know, uh, yeah. it, it's yeah. just uh, it just uh, yeah. When you hear that song, that is what you think of exactly. Yeah. Uh, Even if you've never seen the movie, which I have, surprisingly, (laughs) but the references, everybody knows where it's from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, his first one was 16 Candles. Yeah. 1984. (laughs) Yeah, this was a a good one. Again, we've Uh, got Anthony Michael Hall. And Molly Ringwald. (laughs) So real quick about Anthony Michael Hall. 
apparently he was in all of these John Hughes movies, and then he started <laughs> he started turning down the roles because he didn't want to be typecast. <laughs> <laughs> Little late. <laughs> to me, John. I'm sorry, guys. Incidentally, I just read this morning where, he, and you may have seen this, Hall is doing a uh, a sequel uh, to uh, the Breakfast Club, where he they called the the class, where he's playing he's playing the principal. Oh wow! What? I yeah, I did not see that. I, I thought we were going to go Hobbits and go Second Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs> that had better no. be good. That had better. Oh be man. Good. Yeah, yeah no, he's got a he's got a high bar to clear on on for the breakfast club. <laughs> oh man, you know, I didn't. Hear regretfully, that. it's direct to VHS. Make sure you remember how to do the tracking on. I am. I'm, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, yeah. Kind of rewind. See what I can <laughs> see what I can find about that. The article said it start, it opened tonight today. So okay. uh, really. Might be worth checking out. I think might I might worth- check that out. Oh, just God, out of yeah. curiosity, yeah. He now was such said- a good movie. He was such a he was so good as a spaz in this. He was a spaz the entire movie. Of all of the ones that he was in, I think the the Sixteen Candles was the best. Man, one. <laughs> you hated the character, but you loved the character. Oh, I yeah. He was really annoying, but yeah. <laughs> but he, after a while, he kind of grew on you. Yes. <laughs> so. I mean, and uh, you kind of felt bad for him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's such a dork. I, uh, and then he winds up in, inside the uh, the coffee table. Yeah, <laughs> the glass coffee yeah, table. That's right. And then all of a sudden, he's about, right? It's Jake. Jake. <laughs> and let's not forget, it had Getty Getty Watanabe as Long Duck Dong. <laughs> And uh, I, I wrote a thing from, from uh, Getty Wanatabe. I know that where you're going with this. He didn't know how to do a Japanese accent, <laughs> so he had a Korean friend that he just kind of stole his accent. <laughs> I also read where later on, like, he would refer to his character as the donger. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, like in the third person, like, yeah, well, the donger would do this. <laughs> Because uh, he even has a line in the uh, movie. He goes, no more, no more. What, what is it? No more. Yeah, the dog needs sleep. <laughs> no more Yankee, my wanky. The dog needs sleep. I, uh, uh, so, so who else you got? You got uh, John Cusack plays an yes. absolute spaz. Yeah, and, and, and it was just before he became big. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, more of a and, and a Joan is in that one also. I think the, Joan Joan Cusack was. Yes, yeah. yes, she had the back brace. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she had that moment where she was trying to get a drink from a fountain while yeah. wearing a neck brace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she had a lot of those. Seemed like they were uncredited, but she was really good in all of them. You know, oh God! Yeah, talk a little bit about say anything. She was excellent in that, also. Yes, but yeah, yeah, she, um, she had a, a lot of character roles. Yeah, and John Cusack is one of those guys where if he's in the movie, I'm likely to watch it. You know, because I really like Cusack is one of those for me. Absolutely, yes, just I'll always love everything, just about everything he did. Yeah, except for maybe City Hall. Um, but you know, that was City Hall. It, it, it not not to get off on too much of a tangent. It had a Danny Aiello. You had Al Pacino. 
And it oh, I kind of remember. Came that out movie. in the, like the mid '90s. Yeah, uh, but everything else he's done. I mean, this is really good. And tapeheads. You know, we, we we discussed tapeheads. We didn't. We decided not to include it. But he's excellent. Tapeheads is a great. If if you haven't seen tapeheads, it's a great indie classic. You know, Tim Robbins plays his business partner. It's an excellent movie. But anyway, yeah. John Cusack in these 80, 80s movies when you talk about Better Off Dead and yeah, he's also he's also in Runaway Jury which was pretty decent. Oh yeah, that's right. He's just a really good actor. Yeah, and he's very versatile. He can do a lot of different yes. things. I enjoyed him in Con Air. Yeah, he was good in Con Air. I, all of a sudden, I can't hardly hear you. Sorry. There we go. There we go. Um. So yeah, but Sixteen Candles, Anthony Michael Hall steals steals it. Wait a uh, I, I turned you up instead of yeah, instead of Scott. That. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Um, um, and then to me, the the companion movie to that is Pretty in Pink. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we yeah. just we have John we have John Cryer making his, John, his appearance yeah. in this. Yeah. Um, but it also had Andrew McCarthy. And if you haven't seen Jay Moore's impersonation of Andrew McCartney on SNL, it's hysterical. I have not. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> it's really good. But uh, Dweezil Zappa was in it. Was he really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't remember the character he played, but it wasn't a major part. But yeah, Dweezil Zappa was in. And in James Spader played part, a great prick in that James part. Spader, yes. James Spader. Yep. Oh, James, he kind of made a career out of being a prick, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, less than zero. He's the yeah. Guy uh, he's always yeah. this smarmy mm-hmm. jerk off, right? Um, Andrew Dice Clay was in it. That's right. I forgot. Andrew oh. Dice Clay was in it. That's right. oddly enough, he plays Dice Man. <laughs> Hard to believe. He had quite the range. Yeah, he did. Basically, it's a Lenny Bruce knockoff. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, with without. Any yeah, without any cerebral, <laughs> without any of the, in, the the intelligent wit, yeah. But uh, speaking of Harry Dean Stanton, yes, we were talking about that, yeah. Um, uh, just to go off on a quick tangent. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, he's one of my favorite character actors, and when, it made me want to bring up a couple of character actors because uh, I, they're guys you see, but you never know their names. Uh, mm-hmm. Like uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, Gary Cole. Yeah. Stephen Root. Oh, Stephen Root's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Walton Goggins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you'd have to talk about James Karen in there, too. Yeah. You know, hey, I had a, quite a career. I My favorite, James Karen, not, again, not to get too much off, when he was in Any Given Sunday, great, had a great part in that. I just loved it. Uh, Charles Durning. Yeah. J.T. Walsh. Not yeah. Least. Yeah. J.T. Walsh, very really um, good. Let's see who else? Uh, da, 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 da. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah, my. he was absolutely a character actor. But see, you don't really was, think of him as a. But he wasn't a leading man, right? No? He was always a character. The closest he came was maybe Cold Mountain. Yeah, um, where he was Jude Law. Was it Jude Law? Yeah, Jude Law's sort of escapee. Yeah, but escaping, still wasn't but, yeah. the main character. Right, because he gets killed off <laughs> midway through the movie. So, yeah. Right. With um, him, we always think of Twister. True. Yeah. 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 It, just a... But another more, sidekick type guy. It, like, exactly. Like, but he played a totally different character in everything. It, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Wallace Shawn. Mm-hmm. Vincent Chiavalli, the, the weird-looking dude. Oh, man, I wish I could tell you what he was. What was his name? 
Vincent Schiavalli. I'm trying. Are you sure you Brian, are you sure you have his last name right? I think it's Schiavalli. Are you talking about the guy who played the science teacher in uh, Yes. Yes. And he was also in Amadeus? Yes. Uh yeah, his uh shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know about the pronunciation. I don't know this. I, I, I forget his last name, but uh, it, it, that might be close. But I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. S-C-H-I-A-V-E-L-L-I. Oh, Chiavelli. I thought it's I, Chivelli, thought, I, I would think it would be Chiavelli. Let me see it. Let me see. I thought it was Chiavelli myself. I would say it's Chiavelli. Chiavelli? Yeah. All right. It's Italian. <laughs> it is Italian. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, then my, my next two are uh, Kenneth Mars. Mm-hmm. I've heard of Kenneth Mars, yeah. He's he's played some of my favorite characters. He was uh, he was the inspector in uh, Young Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my last one, Richard Kind. Oh, yeah, Richard Kind. And he's got that very distinctive... I yes. love Richard Kind. He was on a uh, Mad About You. Yes. For, right, yeah. Yeah. He's been in uh, so many great. Yeah. Things. Richard Kind is great. Yeah. He's fantastic. Um. So, uh, how about uh, the, the other probably big biggest other than Breakfast Club for John Hughes, which of course is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Man, well, that was '86. Uh, mm-hmm. You know uh, what I what what's amazing to me. I mean, the, the movie's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Alan Ruck was almost twenty nine when that movie came. Yeah, out. that's right. Holy what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron was almost twenty nine when the movie yeah. came out. That is crazy. Yeah, there was some story about how he was. They wanted him, like Alan Ruck wanted. Judd Nelson's part in the Breakfast Club, or something like that. He didn't get that, but, but John Hughes remembered him. He'd have been fantastic that, in it. Yeah, and remembered him, and then said, "Well, what about this?" You know, and he. Well, and I, uh, from what I understand, Matthew Broderick was also uh, petitioning for him because they had worked together in something. Oh, really? Uh, uh, like on Broadway or something? Okay, or, or, or some sort of play or something, and was trying to get Alan Ruck uh, cast. Yeah. Um, that's the speaking of Alan Ruck. One of the great Easter eggs in that movie is the fact that it takes place in Chicago, but but Cameron wears a Detroit Detroit Red, Red Wings, Wings jersey. Yes. Yeah, it's like walking around in Pittsburgh with a Bengals jersey on. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so I always thought that was really good. Um, but yeah, Ben Stein. You know, oh. how about the pop culture influence of Ben Stein? And and the you know the thing uh, they. Told Ben Stein just to talk about something. <laughs> yeah. So all of his dialogue, he just said. <laughs> so whole, it was totally ad libbed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, when he was talking about whatever he's talking about, uh, and anyone, anyone, <laughs> he just came up with that on the uh, uh, on the spot. That's good. Yeah. Um, did you guys know Charlie Sheen? Was yeah, I was just about to yes. mention the Charlie oh, God, Sheen yeah. cameo. Holy crap. Uh, that, it, it's a great cameo. It's a great cameo, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, 
Because uh, when they're in the police station, uh, mm-hmm. he, he says, what are you in for, drugs? Yeah. <laughs> she, she goes, no, I'm here to, to, to... And she goes, what are you in for, drugs? <laughs> <laughs> His character yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. He, he, he steals the whole scene. Yeah, it's great. That's, Louis Anderson was in it? Yes, he had yes. a very small... Yeah, flower delivery man. Yeah. Yes. That's crazy. Uh, but then... Uh, See, and the the sister, the bitchy sister, was also Jennifer the Gray. bitchy chick. Yeah, Jennifer Grey is also the bitchy chick in Uncle Buck. Yes, <laughs> basically, it's all the same hair and everything. You know. Yeah, John Hughes is in it. John Hughes is in it. Yes, what guy running have? between cabinets. <laughs> Uncredited. So he's like Hitchcock. Yeah, he did a Hitchcock yeah. thing, right? <laughs> Um, or uh, what was it? Stan Lee would always make a cameo in a. That's enemy. right. <laughs> yeah, so. Yes, but they then, make it his like very prominent. <laughs> yeah. Then of course you had Edie McClurg. Yes, she is fucking fantastic. Yeah, she's really, really good. I mean, we talk about good character actors. Yeah, she. Yes, she is one of them. Uh, Jeffrey Jones mm-hmm. as Ed Rooney. Asshole. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I, it's a good, yeah. It's the a movie, good movie. It, it, it's it stands mark. up, right? Uh, Ferris brick in the four wall, fourth wall. Yes. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, they had said, and at the that, end, he especially he really breaks it at the end. Well, and after I, the credits, I was reading the thing from uh, John Hughes, and he said that the beginning tag and the end tags mm-hmm. were filmed last. Mm-hmm. So they said. He'd been playing Ferris for two months by the time he did those parts. <laughs> yeah. So that's why they are extra Pharisee. You know? <laughs> yeah. Is that one of the first times we've broken the fourth wall with a movie? Not, I don't I mean, know. I know it was considered taboo to do that, but it just sort of became, you know. Was he like the... the I don't know. I, I'd have to look that up. I was going to say, is that one of the ones that like, started making it okay? Yeah, I mean, you look at... Like it, that that kind of thing, the, the you know the office, the entire show is the characters in the office breaking the fourth wall. Well, you know? but but it, it was film documentary style. Yeah, like yeah, they're talking to a documentary an unknown, right? Yes, but a character of a movie acknowledging the camera. Yes, um, Spacey did a really good job of that in House of Cards too. Oh yeah, yeah. And then uh, the one thing I wanted to bring up about this is I mentioned it to these guys on, on a chat. You know, the, the, the parade scene, which is mm-hmm. also iconic, mm-hmm. they they break off to the dancers during the song. And they're doing this syncopated dance going down the steps, which is almost identical to the dance that they did in the Blues Brothers, mm-hmm. which is almost identical to the dance that they did in Thriller. <laughs> I, 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 so what's the common thread? I There's don't gotta know. There's got to be one. <laughs> because they're, they're directed same, by all three different people. Same mm-hmm. group? I don't know. Maybe there's a choreographer lurking that's... Mm-hmm. Sort of got a hand in that. Maybe, because uh, yeah, when because, you said that to me, I tried to do an... Uh, trying to do a little bit of deep dive research. But did you look at them? I mean, they're really similar. Oh, yeah. But I couldn't find any common similarities minus the dance moves. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but, yeah. They're... um, Yeah. How about Stand By Me? 
Stand by me. I will go ahead and be on record as saying I was I've always been kind of lukewarm about that. Really? I enjoyed it after I rewatched it, I think more as an as an older adult than I did as a as a younger man. Um, but it just never Will Wheaton's great in it. I mean, yeah. Uh, he is. It, but it never and I think it's my my aversion to Corey Feldman. <laughs> I, I, say, <laughs> I just can't do he, Corey he Feldman. He was somewhat normal then. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mind him in some of his early Earlier. early movies. He got freaking <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's I just don't. Weird's an understatement. Uh, yeah, he's by far my least favorite Corey. <laughs> <laughs> um. But the, yeah, you, the movie's good. River Phoenix, Kiefer, other Kiefer Sutherland again. We've got John, John Cusack, Cusack again. And yes, Jerry O'Connell and Rob Reiner is the one that Rob is. Reiner. So Rob Reiner. Man. It was. It's a good movie. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> denigrate it in that way. Just because I did personally didn't speak to me. There's no denying. It had. A, it was a great movie. It's and a well-crafted it movie. Yeah, and it had an impact pop culture. And Richard Dreyfuss is in it. Well, as the narrator. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. yes. Not confi- be confused with him and Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah. That's a different Richard. <laughs> we won't hear about that anymore. That was Richard Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what, do you, what are your thoughts about Stand By Me? I, I, I you know, it's based on a short story by Stephen King called The Body. Uh-huh. Um, the movie, I, I thought was... I enjoyed the hell out of it when it came out. I've, I've watched it a few times. Um, Takes place in Castle Rock, Oregon. So the setting, the setting is nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's funny that he chose Castle Rock because the Castle Rock his, Entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Well, it well before that, uh, Castle Rock was uh, he did a lot of things. Castle Rock, Maine, for a lot of settings on on different things. Oh yeah. So I call the puppets and oh, that's Fraggle Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you have any uh, any thoughts on that one? Never seen it. Really? That no. surprises me. Yeah, that surprises me too. Um, no, that's that's one King adaptation that I have not seen. Um, I just I just never I, I didn't read the I, I didn't read the uh, what was that a short story or a novella? No, it was a, it was a short story, I believe. Well, okay, yeah, I, I did read that, and I haven't seen the movie. Have so, you, so have I, you read it? Yes. Okay. What? How does it? How does the movie? Does the movie do it justice? Or you know what? I have not read it in thirty years. So yeah. I've, so I I honestly couldn't tell you my if my memory would have absolutely been altered by the movie at this yeah. point. Yeah, it, it had good. I mean, I've seen it, and it's yeah. I mean, I don't want. I don't hate the movie. It just didn't speak to me like Breakfast Club does, right? You know. Well, what else you got? Um, well, I think maybe we could go. Uh, we could talk about Heather's, or we could talk about Better Off Dead. Start with that one. Better Off Dead. All right. This is the dark comedy, and I like. And of course, it has John Cusack as Lane Meyer, David Ogden Styers, Diane Franklin as Monique, and of course, the ubiquitous Curtis Armstrong. Yes. <laughs> so, so Curtis Armstrong has been in so much stuff. A lot of you know him uh, from Revenge of the Nerds. You know him from being the voice of Snot on yep. American yep. Dad. Yep. Yep. Um, he's been in a lot of things. Uh, 
mostly, you know, in this this era, he was uh, primarily in a lot of these movies that John Cusack was in. So he was kind of John Cusack's buddy. Um, but yeah, it, it's a good it's a good movie. I understand that the critics did not care for it, however. Um, and I also hear, I don't know if it's true, that John Cusack himself did not care for it. Um, he was pissed off at uh, Savage Steve Holland. No, the, 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 yeah, the director. Yeah. Um, wouldn't, and, and, but then later, I mean, he years and years it. later, was like, oh, no, 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 I haven't. Well, you know why? Because in re- retrospect, the movie has held up. And I think he's he's a little bit more reluctant to disown it. Based on that, I I I, I thought I it was an excellent really movie. Really enjoyed the I, movie. I mean, it's got a seven point one out of ten. Yeah, uh, it's it's good. Uh, uh, and the, the Curtis chick, Armstrong's great in it. Yeah, Curtis. Yeah, Curtis Armstrong and the chick that played uh, Monique is good. Um, um, you know, we we talked about her as uh, her uh, Diane Franklin. Yeah, Diane. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, my favorite line from her is, "He's." The he's st- she's staying as an exchange student with Ricky. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> he's always trying to put his testicles all over me. <laughs> and John Cusack kind of gives it this great double take. You know, like wait, what? <laughs> and once again, uh, Vincent Chevalier's in it again. There you Is he? Yes. I don't remember him being in it. Mister Kreber. Mister Kreber. I. Man, I I I, I love the <laughs> and that and that animated scene with the Van Halen song. It was great, right? I it mean, was, and then uh, you got the uh, the the Japanese kid that learned. Oh yeah, the Howard Cosell <laughs> learned learned English by watching the Wide World of Sports. <laughs> and I think that's that whole thing has survived. The I mean, that's what people remember. I think from Better Off Dead is. <laughs> The whole Howard Cosell and the Asian guys and these guys. The, that one, uh, and, and also the the scene with the newspaper boy. The two dollars. <laughs> yeah. And a Savage Steve Holland has said that a lot of this was based on his life, and he really did have a paper boy that was out on him <laughs> that, for the two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because something like that, it, it can't be made up. That's got to come from someone's personal experience. <laughs> you know. Did you see this one, Dave? Uh, no, I didn't. Sorry. Oh, man. And the follow-up, uh, One Crazy Summer. Oh, now yep. see. Was as another much as I liked. Savage. Sa- savage. It, it was a terrible movie. But <laughs> yes, it was. Another Savage Steve Holland. And I, I don't think he made any more movies. I'm not, I, I, I was having trouble finding much else on him after. But... Uh, you had uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Bobcat Goldthwait, and you had uh, Demi Moore, Demi Moore, and Curtis Armstrong. Of course, Curtis Armstrong, as his character was called Ack Ack Ack. That's right. And the trailer of the movie. I'm not sure what's worse, the movie or the trailer. Um, the trailer is really cringy. It's got Bobcat Goldthwait doing the narration. Oh and, God! Yeah. Or not the narration. It's it's like the he's doing the the oh. whole trailer. He's the voiceover of the trailer. It's just it's bad. Yes. Uh, the movie's bad. Everything as good as I as much as I liked Better Off Dead, I did not like. I, I, I it, it, it's not a great movie, but there are some moments that I think are funny. Uh, you, I oh, who was it? Joel Murray mm-hmm. was also in it. Uh, the youngest of the Murray brothers. 
Yeah, I just didn't. But I had to bring it up since we're talking about since we're talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Steve Holland, he uh, he directed One Crazy Summer in 1986. Then he didn't direct anything till 2012. Holy shit! Yes, then it's just been all made for TV. See, I told you he fell off. Yeah, he does like Nickelodeon stuff now. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. And that's Savage Steve. Yeah, Savage. It has to be Savage Steve Holland. I'm sorry. <laughs> when you are from 86 to 2012, that's not very savage. <laughs> Unless it's Macho Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, what else we got with, um, with John Hughes? Or John, John Hughes. Hughes. Going back to John uh, Hughes. Weird Science. Weird Science. Oh, oh, yes. oh. Yeah, great movie. Scott. I've seen that You've one. You've seen that one. I know. I, I've seen that one quite a few. Yeah, it's so, because of Kelly LeBrock. Yeah, well, that that's good. And I Kelly, was going to say Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Well, yeah, he was, Bill Paxton was great in that role. He was amazing. And Anthony Michael Hall and Robert Downey Jr. Um, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. played uh, initially. Uh, he seemed just play a dicky kid in <laughs> yeah. pretty much all the movies he was showing up in. Oh, well, now he's a dicky adult <laughs> in his movies. He's a very rich dicky adult. Now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, Weird Science was yeah a little bit of a little bit of a fantasy, obviously, because you got they they yeah, do a Frankenstein. Yeah, and they pretty pretty big departure for John Hughes. Really. Yeah, I, I most of his stuff is is very reality based, mm-hmm. right? But now you're making sexy robots out, out <laughs> of Barbie dolls. Out of Barbie and, dolls, yeah. Unless you forget to hook up the doll. Yeah, yeah. Then you end up with a rocket ship. But I thought Kelly LeBrock did a really good job. She it's did, this, like this robotic sort of uninhibited. It was, it was, a, it was, it was good. I mean, it was. She had no filter. I thought Anthony Michael Hall was hilarious in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Him in the, him in the Blues Club. <laughs> you know, I, a lot of people call that uh, really. Uh, uh, Political incorrect, but it was so good though. I, it was pretty fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> of course, there's the Oingo Boingo song that was it was spawned from. That's the right. Movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a good. It's not didn't win any Oscars, but no, neither no. did any of these other ones. Well, that, I mean, it it made there's a weird science TV show that was Is spawned really? off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. I I, I remember <laughs> yeah, it being on like USA or something. Yeah, it's like these. They try to make like Parker Lewis can't lose was obviously <laughs> yes. yeah. Viewer, right? yeah, yeah. It it was not good. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Dave, you got any thoughts on um, uh, that one? Weird science. Guys, I'm striking out here. That's another one I've never seen. Is that right? <laughs> there was all the. You know, I, I think I've seen every Hughes film except for that one. Yeah, then, so you're talking six or seven really iconic movies from him. Plus, there were other ones. Yeah, pretty, uh, there were a few that we won't talk about. Right. Because they weren't really teen movies, even though they they had a lot of the same cast, but they were, like, people right out of college. Didn't fit that formula. Yeah, it was was like seeing Elmo's Fire and some of those that weren't, you you can't really classify them as as teen movies, but Mm -hmm. what a hell of a run. Yeah. You you guys were talking about Diane Franklin earlier. Uh, She was in in a movie called The Last American Virgin, which uh, 
was not a great movie, but it, 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 it again it gets into this teen this teen angst thing about wanting to get laid. Yeah, that's that's another recurring theme that we you know we you know we talk about uh, you know going back a decade the summer of forty two where that was their goal they were basically spending the summer trying to get laid lose their virginity whatever it, it's an, an under undercurrent you know Jennifer Jason Lee in. Fast Times, Ridgemont High. Yeah. It was a, a a subplot of that movie was her wanting to lose her virginity. So, yeah. Um, how about Footloose? Man, yeah. Um, seeing if I had any. Oh, I do have some notes on that one. Eighty four. Yes, eighty four. Obviously, Kevin Bacon. Not, not to be confused with the remake, which is oh. Uh, they, they made a remake of Footloose? Yes. Oh, they did. I didn't realize yes. that. Yes. It, it sucked. Yeah. No reason. I'm... I, I think it was 2011. Oh, my. Uh, yeah. Why? No reason to, no reason to remake that movie. None yeah. There are certain movies you, you can only do worse by them, by remaking yeah. them. You know, I, didn't, I don't understand why you would even bother. Um, don't but, don't, don't yeah. get me on West Side Story. I was about to say West Side Story. Oh, right. <laughs> Do not get me started on that. That's that's a whole other that's a whole other <laughs> yeah. topic. I mean, I, I can see sequels more than I can see remakes. remakes on, on right. most uh, most of this stuff. It's so we had Kevin silly. Bacon, Kevin Bacon, Sarah, yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker, Parker, Chris Penn. Yes. Um. So Kevin Bacon was John Lithgow. John, yes. of course. I how could I Leah? How could I yeah. John Lithgow? Um, Lori, Lori Singer as Ariel. And Diane Weist. And Diane, of yeah. course, Diane Weist was in several of these we've yeah. been talking about, too. We've, been, we've neglected that um, also. Uh, but I guess the Kevin Bacon part was originally going to be Tom Cruise. But he was busy making all the right moves. Oh, and okay. He, was, he had a conflict. Um, Madonna also auditioned for the part of uh, Ariel. That they gave really? Lori Singer. Yeah. Interesting. So I guess her not being able to act got in the way. <laughs> mm, I like Madonna. <laughs> she can't act. <laughs> Maybe. Well, you obviously never saw Desperately Seeking Susan. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that's what you're basing it on. <laughs> I was gonna say, is that with or without a British accent? <laughs> Y'all eat eat a dick. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So going back to back to Footloose, um, one of the one of my favorite things in this movie is the end. Where they're all doing the crazy dances, I lo- absolutely. Lo- I'll watch the entire movie just to see the the ending of that movie. It's, it's perfect. And you know what's funny about that is, Kevin Bacon has gone on record as saying there were five different stunt dancers dancing for him because he couldn't fucking dance. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. Not to mention the doubles that they had to use for that gym, that scene where he's in the factory doing all the flips and yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. That's really the other iconic scene in that is when he's in the factory doing the dance thing, you know. And the uh, uh, the scenes where uh, Chris Penn is, he has his, the headphones on the whole time mm-hmm. and trying to learn to dance. They ma- put that scene in, they put that whole sequence in because Chris Penn couldn't dance and needed to learn to dance for the movie. <laughs> so they thought they might as well use that place. Yes! And, and I just realized that was Sean Penn's brother. 
Oh yeah, yeah. He's dead now. <laughs> and uh, he had his other brother, Michael Penn, mm-hmm. that had a couple of decent albums. Yeah, really? They, they, they were very Beatlesque. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I remember Michael Penn that wrote uh, "No Myth." Yes, yeah, that's, "No that Myth" song. was a good song. Yeah. Uh, in uh, let's see, it's loosely based on a, a small town of Elmore City, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. where dancing had been banned until a group of high schoolers challenged it. I wondered if there was a kernel of truth to that. There premise. was, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Did they have a dance-off? Is that how they got it? <laughs> <laughs> I challenge you to the dance-off. And I, I, I guess this was the one that put Kenny Loggins in the uh, driver's seat for soundtracks for a little bit. Oh, yeah. What was that song's name? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah, Kenny, obviously, Kenny Loggins had had a, a good career in the 70s, you know, as part mm-hmm. of Loggins and Messina, and mm-hmm. so, as a solo artist. I think know. it was Danger Zone <laughs> for the <laughs> song Footloose. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> but that's 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 a good point Scott makes. I mean, that kind of gave him that impetus, you know. Yes. You think of the two biggest movie soundtracks, or the two biggest songs in the 80s from movie soundtracks are Footloose. And Danger Zone. Yeah. You know, and it was, that's, that guy's set for life. He was already set for life, but that just made him a legend. He's an 80s movie legend. Right. Because, oh, yeah. You know, so, kudos to Kenny Loggins. I was going to say, and they've got two different sounds, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Foot, to me, Footloose is a much better song than Danger Zone, but to me, Footloose is a much better movie than Yeah, Top but Zone, I'm not so. going to fly a plane to <laughs> Footloose. <laughs> But well, but, but once again, Danger Zone wasn't written for Top Gun. It was, he was already he already written that and recorded it, and they thought, hey, that fits the movie great, so they so they used it. Did they write it for Footloose? <laughs> <laughs> you really want this to happen? <laughs> you really want that to be a thing? <laughs> uh, it, it, but but Danger Zone. I mean, Highway to the Danger Zone. Going to take you right into the Danger Zone. <laughs> That's I r- mean, rhymes with danger zone. <laughs> oh, I got it. Danger zone. <laughs> it's like bad company by bad company from bad company. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's the eponymous. The lyrics, the, the, the lyrics were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and don't get me started on Top Gun. I know it's a polarizing opinion. I just didn't like the movie. But anyway, I, I, I was not a fan of the movie either. Yeah. So. That I, puts us in the big time. I, I it was it was another one that I had never seen. The new movie was coming out, so my wife asked me to watch the. Uh, didn't ask me. She made me watch it. <laughs> so I watched the original, <laughs> and I was like, "She was like, isn't this great?" I'm like, oh, <laughs> "Danger Zone, yeah, Footloose, something." <laughs> I, I, and I felt the same way about the new movie. I I thought it was. I and I have so, not seen. The I have not seen that they were both so formulaic. Uh, mm-hmm. Just they did not. Yeah, I haven't seen Top Gun Two. Electric uh, Boogaloo. They, they, <laughs> I I'm not a fan. Uh, I, I I don't like the real formula stuff. It, it's yeah. just too too goofy. <laughs> right. Uh, now, now, next though, if uh, speaking of Tom Cruise, risky business. Yeah, um, 
By the way, this one also has Curtis Armstrong. It does. <laughs> and he's fucking pivotal. Yes, yes. Yeah. He's he's uh, he's the one. And my, I couldn't believe my wife is a huge uh, uh, Tom Cruise fan. Yeah. Loves. Her, didn't remember Curtis Armstrong in it. Oh wow. I, you don't remember because I I think I brought up the 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 whole. Sometimes you gotta say what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. She's like, what? Yeah. Like, how do you not remember that from because that it's movie? Because that's, that that's the impetus for that, them to have the yes, party. Yeah. That makes the whole movie happen. Right. Um. It was okay. It was an okay movie for me. I I can tolerate. There are certain Tom Cruise movies that I really thought were excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rain Man was one of them. Just oh god, yeah, excellent movie. His teen stuff, I, I'm, you know, but he he does movies like Days of Thunder and Cocktail and and to lesser extent, you know, I understand in Risky Business he's a little bit younger and he's a, he's supposed to be a teenager, but I, I don't know. But it's, just, uh, to me, I, I I think a lot of people don't think about again how dark it is. It's a very dark. You know, he gets with a prostitute, mm-hmm. then becomes her pimp. Yes, and boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all at once. Yeah, but what people? What do people remember from the movie? They dance around in the underwear to your, Bob Seger. Yeah. Yes, that's what everybody <laughs> thinks of when they. But think they forget that it was dark. That it, there was a the element of prostitution, and you know he's he's trying to learn how to be an entrepreneur, and this is what he comes up with. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, well, uh, uh, her her uh, pimp uh, was. Uh, Joey Pantoliano, mm-hmm. Joey Pants, oh, Joey Pants, that's Joey right. Pants, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, he's he's trying to raise money and because she uh, she stole the uh, that egg, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and Joey Pants winds up with the egg, so then he winds up with the furniture or something, everything, else, right? yeah, yeah, the right. whole. Uh, so he uh, Joey Pants winds up with all the money he raised just to get his parents' furniture back, yeah, but. And- Everybody remembers it incorrectly. He didn't have the sunglasses on when he would go sliding through. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Everybody, when they reenact, they've got. Yeah. The sunglasses when I was re- on. reenacting it the other day in the basement, <laughs> I had the I had the Ray Bans on. So well, I'll look mean, next time. <laughs> if, if you're gonna do it, do it right. Of course, it was really hard to do on carpet too. So I gotta, <laughs> maybe I'll try it in the kitchen next time. <laughs> I'm gonna try it down the steps. Yeah. You had any thoughts on that one, Dave? Risky business. Oh, oh yeah, I've seen it uh, a number of times. Um, <clears throat> I, I I pretty much agree with everything you guys have uh, have said. Uh, dark, and um, uh, I, they had that. I don't know. I, the angle of him, uh, the, the thing he was trying to do was uh, he had he, at school he had this business club, mm-hmm. had this contest to see who I think it was, it was called uh, Young Entrepreneurs or something like that, where they had to come up with the best marketing right. plan. Uh, and his, his his marketing plan actually, you know, worked out, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, big big time, but uh, yeah. Uh, good, good movie. I thought it was. Uh, again, he was young, like you said, John. He was young, um, uh, and uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Joe, Joey Pants. He was. Uh, he, he was also in. Uh, he, he's fucking phenomenal in everything he's in. 
Well, he, well, he, well, he was in the Idol Maker that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he was in uh, what another movie that I've always enjoyed was Eddie and the Cruisers. A lot of people don't like that, but I, I like that one. And uh, he was in that one, so yeah, I like I like Whiskey Business. Yeah, I mean, Eddie and the Cruisers is a bit of a cheese fest, but I I, I enjoy that one. Yeah, and I th- when I think of Joey Pants, I think of The Sopranos, and he was um, uh, Ralphie. And, Ralphie uh, Sofredo, yeah. Yeah, and he was in The Goonies. That's right, he was in yeah, The Goonies. Yeah, uh, he's been in a lot of yeah. great stuff. Joey Pants. Oh, man, he's fantastic. Yeah. You're, yeah. Talking, about character, yeah, you're talking about character actors, Brian. There's, there's a, there's oh, a good Oh, God, one. yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. He's, he's, he's phenomenal in everything he's in. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah. I got to see him at, uh, I, I, I didn't go to this one this year's, um, Normally, I go to a thing called Horror Fest, or Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Horror Hound, Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of uh, different actors, uh, and a couple of years ago, I got to see Joey Pants, like, from me to you. Wow. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like like him. He's he's, he's excellent. And we're, you know, while we're talking about character actors, we were talking about Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. So we got to talk about, unfortunately, we got to talk about Red Dawn. (laughs) <laughs> now I know Scott has seen it. I've seen the original and the remake unfortunately <laughs> I want to hear what Scott before I go into what I think about it I want to hear what Scott thinks about it um, I, <laughs> not like being put on the spot after using the restroom <laughs> It's. I will say it has been years since I've seen the original yeah, I, I I would agree. It's it's been a long time since I've seen the original. Also, um, so a little background on that one: Patrick Swayze in that. See Thomas Howell, as we discussed from um, from the Outsiders. Yep. In it. Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Yep. Leah Thompson, the aforementioned Harry Dean Stanton, and the premise of the movie is probably why I don't like it. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's preposterous. Somehow the Russians. In collaboration with the Cubans and the Nicaraguans, invade America in this post-apocalyptic, not really, well, post-apocalyptic is not the right word. It's like a, a different a different version of America where they're not in NATO anymore. NATO has collapsed. The Warsaw Pact has expanded. And, you know, basically Russia is the like you know like now America is the only superpower. Yeah. Well, in this scenario, Russia is the only superpower. So I guess it was inevitable. It was a matter of time before the Russians came calling. However, why the Midwest and why did it take everybody by surprise? They couldn't see him coming. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you, there, you, there's so many plot holes in this movie. You, you flew over uh, <laughs> a thousand half miles the of airspace. <laughs> Now, evaded, granted, evaded eyes and radar. Right now, granted the the premise of the movie is that America is weakened in this alternate version of world events. Okay, had, I'll buy they had, that. They had radar in World War Two. Yeah, I'll buy that. And I, I saw it mentioned where you know the the kids become essentially guerrilla warriors. Right. Right. Why didn't anybody join them in their fight? It was true. <laughs> it, was the same, it was the same ten guys, and it ended up being two people at the end, right? Right, right. So, but they managed to thwart the entire Russian army, which 
given light of recent events in Ukraine, maybe it's not that, <laughs> maybe not that far. Yeah, maybe it's not that far-fetched. <laughs> Speaking of that, I also read something where the, uh, the Ukraine military has been painting wolverines oh yeah are you shitting me (laughs) on their tank on the tanks that they blow see now that goes back to what we 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 did this whole thing based on is the power influence of pop culture (laughs) from the last half of the 20th right i mean and now it's in it's it's part of a war yeah a real war. that's that's kind of amazing all right because I, I, I think with the remake, it was like, I think it's North Korea. Oh, is it? Invades the U.S. That would be a much shorter war. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's the population of North Korea? Lots of millions, but they're all starving. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, you know, remember, it's, a, army, it's a very tiny country. An army marches on its stomach. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's such a terrible remake. I think, well, terrible remake. I've not seen the remake, oh, it's but... so bad. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I want to hear what you had to say about Red Dawn. Uh, <laughs> no. I, 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 I would say it's a fun watch. Would you? Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Entertaining? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to think about it because it's dumb. <laughs> but... My wife says the same thing. <laughs> it's dumb, <laughs> but it's a fun watch. Like, you know, it, that's what a lot of times it uh, makes sense my wife and I will see it. a movie that she really likes, and I'll say, "Well, that was fun, <laughs> but it was <laughs> dumb. <laughs> and it was dumb. <laughs> fun, but dumb. I, yeah, I mean, I I'm gonna start rating movies like that. I, I, yeah, I am okay with some movies that. I can take just for fun. Right. Unfortunately, in in retrospect, the movie, and I don't want to get political. I don't want to get political. But if you're talking about Red Dawn, you almost have to get political, right? It became like a conservative beacon, like a conservative claptrap. And I have a problem with that. My, My politics notwithstanding, I have a problem with something being a liberal beacon or liberal claptrap. I have the same kind of problem with that, mm-hmm. um, but that's kind of what's what it, it became obvious. It's like you know we're you know just think ten American kids can take down the entire Russian army, right? Because we're right. America, goddamn it! Yeah, it's preposterous. I mean, uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. So, anyway, I that <laughs> I was hoping we'd talk about that because I really wanted to trash it. Um, wait, wait, wait to trade lightly on that one. <laughs> Now, yeah, I, I, do I, I do want to mention. I do want to mention that um, uh, during uh, uh, Powers Booth is another yes. character actor that I really, really love, and a lot of directors and producers liked him too. Uh, I, I believe that. Yeah, ask for him by name. Yeah, uh, but I want to say that five of the twenty-six paratroopers that 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 went in were blown as much of a, as a mile off course. One was stuck in a tree and had to convince locals that he was not really a Russian. <laughs> they wanted to kill him. <laughs> that is a great story. 
That's a great story. I'm sorry, my friend. I'm stuck in Chewy. <laughs> Sergey. I'm not named Sergey. <laughs> my name is Frank. I, I love America. I love, what a country. <laughs> yeah, so that's not like a gap off. America. America. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wait, we did what? Ask Dave what he thinks of Red Dawn. Yeah, yeah, did, did you see Red Dawn? Years ago, a long time ago. All I'm going to say is it was uh, not memorable. No, so. it's 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 a bad movie. But like I, I but it's lingered. It's lingered in our consciousness. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's uh, stuck. I said uh, what I described today as was well. It's fun. You know, it's just I, one of those. Everybody still quotes it though. Wolverine. Wolverine. I know. Yeah, Wolverines. And that's the only quote. I, I, really, I really agree with uh, John. My my personal politics notwithstanding, uh, it, it was propaganda. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's yeah. the word I was looking. For. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. propaganda. Is, Absolutely. Um, but it was almost like un- like hindsight posthumous propaganda because I'm not. It, it didn't seem like it. They well, uh, and I think there was so much uh, rah 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 fervor because the when it came Cold out, War was still going on. Yeah, I mean, so you were a little bit more reluctant to criticize. Yes, that it, kind of thing. So it was a yeah. it was a what if movie. Yeah, it right. was a what definitely yeah. was yeah. a what if movie. Like what if Russia attacked and we have like ten kids? Yeah, <laughs> because that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like those. You know, that was during that that period of time where there were all these. Um, these nuclear, these post-nuclear holocausts. There were, the day yeah, after there were tons of those. Yeah, so a lot of them the were made after for TV. And, yeah, and as a as a kid, it really freaked me out because I was really worried about that. It would worry me as a child that they were going to start launching missiles. Right. Well, it was the same same basically uh, rerun bullshit from the fifties. You know, hide under your desk. Under and, your desk. Yeah. Uh, Which kind of reminds kind of me stuff. of war games. Oh, we got to talk about war games. <laughs> yes. That's a great segue. <laughs> war games. Yeah. 1983. Matthew Broderick. Ali good, Sheedy. Good movie. Excellent. Good movie. Was, Coleman. And, uh, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of people lose, uh, misremember and that he didn't realize he was going into. Right. He thought he was going into a game competition. Yeah, yeah, he thought he was just playing a game. Yeah, but then, to his credit, he realized he realized before they did it, NORAD. Yes. That oh, this computer is because he kept the phone. the 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 movie was had a creepy element to it. The computer's voice lent a lot to that. Shall we play a game? Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing about the computer kept playing even after he would not take. Yeah, he would put that that phone receiver on the. On the, the really primitive modem, and that's how he would make contact with it. Right. But it would continue to play the game even if he wasn't doing that. That to me was very, very creepy. Uh, but I loved, love Matthew. You know, he's another one. I love Matthew Broderick. Um, I loved Ali Sheedy in it. I love the whole the whole premise that you could hack your way into. Uh, NORAD mainframe like that, and the and the the opening scene, the turn your key, sir, turn your oh key, yeah yeah doing yeah the simulation. That's very powerful. It was a great way to start a movie. The the thing that 
that stood out to me was at the time this came out, I knew no one with a computer. I mean, no yeah, one. Yeah. And this fucker's got one that can go into Norad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. We're, we were speaking of we were speaking of preposterous, and that is a little preposterous. Yes. So you have to, on some level, give them a little bit of like, okay. We'll grant you your premise. Yeah. Entertain I, I, me. <laughs> I didn't know anyone for, with a computer for, for 10 years <laughs> later. And then when it, when it was, it was a Commodore 64. Yes. <laughs> would never be able to hack into NORAD. No. <laughs> that that NORAD command central cost them $1 million to make. No shit. It was the most expensive set to wow. do at that time. Damn. For $1 million. Yeah. I mean... But George, that's... Directed by John Badham, by the way. What's that? Directed by John Badham, by the way. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was intense as shit. I mean, it was really intense movie. The premise does work in a way because based on the the drill where everybody was reluctant to turn that key and pull that trigger, they decided to computerize everything. Absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I think the movie's great. It's just, in hindsight... I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, you'd start to poke holes in it, right? I I know. (laughs) No one had a fucking computer. (laughs) And this is the second one that Matthew Broderick had. Yeah. (laughs) That he could do all kind of shit with. It did take place in Seattle, right? So there was kind of a computer genesis, you know. know, I just don't know why the NORAD wanted to play a game. Because it was that was built into its software. Really? Yeah, the game simulation was built into the software. However, the list there were two things at the bottom, which one of which was thermonuclear war, which were not really part of the game list, but there were it was there anyway. And there was a glitch again. We're, we're granting them a premise here. It's going to be like like you got to enter passwords and key phrases. Well, I don't expect movies to be you know right. You're not true. Actual They're not documentaries. Life, but- you know, it, it, it did introduce certain terms to the vernacular, like backdoors. Yes. Well, yeah. I had only heard that in porn before. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want to be your backdoor. Do me, Brian. <laughs> well, Dave's never going to come back. <laughs> Oh, I haven't. No, this is fun. <laughs> so yeah, that, that yeah, that's true. And what is the is there? There was a term, not it's not wasn't war gaming, war dialing, where that's now a thing that started in war games, where your war di- war dialing is basically you're setting up your computer to make all of these calls, and you're trying to make contact with a computer so you can steal information. So in in war dialing, you if the computer makes a call, if it rings more than twice, it hangs up. Because computers tend to answer on the first ring. Really? So yeah. So it's this. It's like this mass spam calling. It's the, it's called war dialing. No shit. Yeah. So and that and that sort of that's what Matthew Broderick's character was doing in war games to to hack into this computer was he was what they call now call war dialing. So no, I I had yeah. no idea you were so. Okay. Tech savvy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can turn on a computer. A couple of comments in the cast. Uh, Eddie Deason was in this one as well. Was he? He was oh, in yeah. a lot in the 80s. He was, when when when, uh, when Broderick's character goes to that computer company to ask 
if uh, about getting into this program. Deason is the is the geek. He, he he's the guy who talks too much, and the other guy is saying, "Hey," and I forget his I forget his character's name. Um, it's not Eugene, like in Greece, but another geeky name. Right. So, you know, hey, Mr. Potato Head, Mr. Potato Head, because he's talking, you know, he's, he's trying to talk, he's talking about backdoors and secret codes and all that stuff. Uh, the other, the other uh, member is uh, Lynn Thigpen, who is the, uh, she's the, she's the black lady who is console. And she was also in the Warriors, but you only saw her mouth. She was a DJ in the Warriors. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Did did anybody know there's a sequel to War Games? No. In 2008. What was it called? The Dead Code. War oh, Games. You the know what? I, so far, I'm not a fan of 2000s. It's. it's <laughs> I've. I didn't realize there was a sequel. It shouldn't have been made. No. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a good one. You want to talk about Lost Boys? I bet you do. Lost Boys, yes. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's... It's the, Brian, genesis, I, the genesis. I know of- you want to talk. Brian, you, I know why you, you want to talk about this, because you look like Kiefer Sola, right? <laughs> he kind of does. You, you've never heard that, right? Uh, yeah. I, back in the 80s, I had, so. I had pretty much the same hair that he had. And I used to get stopped, like, I'd be filling my gas tank up, and people would stop me. It was, it was fucking freaky, man. Wow. Just, call you, just call you Jack Bauer. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, the genesis of the vampire genre, right? Would you man, say? you know, uh, uh, before this, and Dave and I have talked about this, because... For years, all vampire movies were were these gothic things, mm-hmm. you know, taking place in the 1600s, the 1800s, Trans- you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in foreign countries, and they were all these uh, diplomats, you know. They were, they were counts. And mm-hmm. now, Joel Schumacher comes along and takes and puts vampires... In the suburbs, mm-hmm. and tell you what, I mean, without Lost Boys, you don't have a. Right. You don't have any of that other stuff. Well, actually, I'm not sure which came first, because Fright Night may have come first. Yeah, I think Fright Night came first, mm-hmm. which allowed uh, for for Lost Boys. But speaking, of, I mean. Lost Boys, you had both co- both, both Corys. Both yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Cory Fest. Uh, Jason Patrick, Keith Sutherland, mm. Jamie Gertz, Diane Weist. Jamie, Diane Weist and Jamie. Yeah, Jamie Gertz. And an oiled up Tim Capello. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never got that whole thing with Tim Capello at the, uh, at the big festival oiled up playing his saxophone. <laughs> Yeah, I what was that? that? I was thought that really was weird. fucking weird. That was was this the one that they were they wanted like Stanley Kubrick was going to do it, or I was thinking of another movie. I thought it was because when you said when you talk about the oiled up saxophone player, it's like like that's, that sounds like a Stanley Kubrick. Thing, so, um, 
<laughs> but yeah, one of these movies we've talked about, it would be like the original idea was to ask Stanley Kubrick to direct it. But anyway. Um, uh, but I, I mean, but it did bring, uh, you know, help bring the uh, vampire genre into the suburbs. It, I, I think it's a pretty damn good movie. Yeah, it's a, it's considered both a cult classic and a critical darling. Yes, you know, and that's kind of rare. It is. Uh, um, it's you know the fam- uh, family moves in with their grandfather in Santa Carla. It turns out to be uh, Vampire Haven, mm-hmm. uh, right? All those wanted posters everywhere, or missing, 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 missing yeah. people, yeah. missing, missing persons. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like the Corys, well, Corey Haim, they start to <laughs> they start to say, "Well, this is a really weird." place you know they start to kind of catch on and yeah yeah and then they, they barricade themselves in a house that's obviously that's the best part of the movie to me where they're barricade and they've got like a bow and arrow and all that other shit oh yeah <laughs> we, we did, did basically the uh uh home alone yes it was <laughs> with vampires yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've distilled I, it into one sentence it was home alone with vampires <laughs> I, I I totally really need that movie. Oh, well, it's I love the movie. Kevin Mc, Kevin McAllister was vampires. Yeah, I, I, but it really is. You got the Frog Brothers. Yeah, which would you know? Um, I I like this movie. You'd like that better than Fright Night? No. Okay, I didn't think so. I think Fright Night is perfect. Do um, you? I I. There is nothing I don't like about Fright Night. I agree. I uh, agree. Chris Sarandon, uh, man, uh, he was perfect as Jerry Dandridge. Um, <laughs> this uh, Stephen Jeffries, who yeah. I've been uh, trying to get Scott's wife to uh, find me some uh, information on, because I thought he uh, he might actually want to talk to us mm-hmm. he uh, is from cincinnati okay you know he's isn't as active as he used to be mm-hmm. so you know this is maybe we got a shot this is the first i'm hearing of it I, I well i yeah I, i've messaged uh message because i cannot find any active contact information for Stephen steven jeffrey so he's off grid then yeah, he is but 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 yeah i mean Roddy McDowell is fucking fantastic in the movie. Uh, originally, he wanted uh, Vincent Price to play the role. Mm-hmm. That would have been fantastic, but at the time, Vincent was too old. Yeah, and couldn't do it. Can, can, I, can we get back to the Lost Boys and sure. the the fear I have of eating rice? Oh, with the maggots! <laughs> with the maggots! The the, 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 the he uses every, the, every the time, Jedi mind trick. Every time I eat rice, <laughs> I, I oh, picture I... this scene in my head of maggots. <laughs> no matter where I'm at, it just flashbacks to maggots. <laughs> and, I used to like rice. <laughs> and, and I'm bothered by it. <laughs> but <day>. anyway. 
<laughs> on to so, Fright Night. So, so you're just going to let me have this fear by myself? Yes, yes. I am. All right. You, fair you, enough. You, you, work out your, you work that out. Oh, damn it. <laughs> no, I, 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 th- I think Fright Night, um, I believe it came out before Lost Boys opened the door for all kind of... Uh, mm-hmm. Like a Pandora's box. Yeah. Yes, uh, I. It's well written. It's well acted. Um, what Amanda Burst is in that. Uh, you have any thoughts on this one, uh, Dave? I, I I think this one's a, a, a oh, yeah, freaking I, I totally, great teen movie. I yeah, I totally agree with everything you said so far, Brian. I I, uh, I really like the movie. Um, Incidentally, and I, and again, I'm not not to get political or anything, but in this in this age we are of LGBTQ, uh, there are three three gay members of that cast: uh, Amanda Beers, Stephen Jeffries, and Roddy McDowell. Which just I'm just throwing that out there. Right. I uh, mean, obviously, no one knew Amanda Beers nor Stephen Jeffries were at the time. At the time, no. I, I, there were certainly suspicions about Roddy McDowell, but yeah. uh, you know, and again, but I think there were there were certainly uh, homoerotic overtones with uh, with the Stephen Jeffries character with yeah. Dandridge. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the scene where uh, he corners him uh, in the alley and you know to take my hands and all that. Yeah. That yes. Was, very definitely, yeah, yeah. But good movie. I really, yeah. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, no. uh, it, it, it it's absolutely one of my favorites. Uh, the 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 towards the end when he does the 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 line, "Welcome to Fright Night." <laughs> yeah. For real, uh, that <laughs> that line is fucking fantastic. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it once, sort of back when it came out. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a lot of these I've been discussing where I've seen them like ten times each because I'm, you know, eighty movies are kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, okay, but yeah. yeah, it's something I would like to revisit because I remember it being it, it being a good movie. Um, so yeah, does anybody remember the remake? Yes. <laughs> What's the remake? I remember it with disdain. <laughs> with disdain. <laughs> 2011 with Colin Farrell? Yep. Oh, boy. That's... And what's his name? The kid. Uh, uh, he died. <laughs> he plays the Charlie Brewster role. Oh. Uh, uh, he has a Russian Anton name. Anton... Yes. Whatever it is. <laughs> oh, he was... Uh, he was in the uh, Star Trek movies. Yeah, he's a popular uh, actor. Yeah. I didn't know they remade that one. But going back to the original, uh, the scene where Charlie thinks he's he's in the clear, and all of a sudden his mother has invited Dandridge over for a drink. Yes. And <laughs> it touches on several of the traditional vampire themes, uh, but, but does it in a subtle way. It does. I, I like that about it. Yeah, and uh, Sarandon's line where he says, "You didn't think it'd ever come over uninvited, <laughs> do you?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good movie. Um, 
He takes a complete left turn. Talk about porkies. Yeah. <laughs> I think this falls under again. Bob Clark. Yeah, this is one of those movies where it's it's pop culture influence sort of outreaches its artistic value. <laughs> Let's just say it, put it that way. You think mainly mainly this movie was sight gags, and that's yes. it. That's all it was with sight gags. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah. It was popular as hell. Oh, yeah. Everybody wanted to see Porky's. Yeah. The, the, the gratuitous sex, you know, sexual yeah. content in it. Um, yeah. The, the, this, obviously, the most famous thing, and it was on the poster even, was the shower scene with the eye going through the... Yeah. Yes. 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 And the pulling on the schlong. <laughs> he sticks the schlong. Yeah. He's ball broker. <laughs> <laughs> Not to give too much of the plot away. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I did air quotes. I know <laughs> nobody can see air quotes. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a a very it, it's soft core. <laughs> it basically is. Yeah, but you know, without that, you wouldn't have movies. You have like American Pie, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Nerds, all that. Yeah, I mean it. It pretty much opened the door for mm-hmm. the over the top. Yeah. Uh, it did. I just yep. remember for 1981, even, you know, that's not too long ago. It was considered really thank raunchy. You. Yes, thank you. Know. You. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's considered really raunchy. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was like borderline porn. Yeah. Um, so it deserved its R rating, I think. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you got Porky's 2, Porky's Revenge. Oh, yeah. It spawned all of the Porky's sequels. Which, which I have never seen. And there's one about Porky's Porky's something about Porky's pimp daddy or something. There was another what? yeah Porky's pimp daddy something like that. What the hell are you talking that about? Oh, oh, give me my. What, what is my. going on with the Warner Brother cartoons? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I don't want to research on this one. Yeah, Porky's was just not. <laughs> Not not art. By no, any the no, imagination. no, no. I, so in my head, I'm picturing Bugs Bunny as a pimp, <laughs> Porky turning tricks. <laughs> yeah, you had Porky's too the next day. Yes. Uh, so yeah, there was a lot of them. That is Porky's revenge. Pimp, pimp and Pee Wee. Porky's pimp and Pee Wee. <laughs> I never heard of that. Is that? I Pee-wee's never heard of that one. Big adventure. When was that? <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, when was that? That's a good question. That- I- <laughs> It seemed like it was much later, like in the 2000s. Uh, 2009. Oh, holy oh. hell! So it went Porky's 81, Porky's 2, 83, Porky's Revenge, 85, then Pimp and Pee Wee, 2009. Straight to VHS. <laughs> Let's hope so. It, it was Betamax. <laughs> Laserdisc. Um, HD DVD. So, yeah. There's not really much else to say about... Porky's. Other than no. the, the just remembering it, it how, was, it, how it, big it was. The female gym teacher went on to play in Sex and the City. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kim oh, Cattrall. Kim Cattrall, yeah. yeah. Lassie. Yeah, Lassie. Oh, yeah. We know why we called, they called her Lassie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the tall guy, Tony Ganios, uh, he, uh, he, he's been, uh, he was in The Wanderers, which I mentioned uh, oh. earlier. He was in that, that movie. Uh, because he of his size, so he's done some other things too. Was that so, uh, meat? 
Yes, that was me. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm now. I haven't seen that movie in 20 years. I pulled that on my ass. Yeah, you did. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, the rest of the cast, but I you know, n- never really did anything. Forgettable. Yeah. Uh, we kind of touched on Goonies a little bit. Goonies, to me, was... It, it's kind of like I had a love-hate relationship with it. The only the only hate I have is that it's on television every other week now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Not so much now. Oh, yeah. What? You're, you're so why is it, it on, really? Why is it on television so much? I don't know. I, 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 I guess distribution rights were just opened up. And, oh, okay. Uh, but the movie itself, I go, I, again, Joey Pants. Joey Pants was in that one, too, yeah. Yep. And this one also takes place in Oregon, Astoria. It does, Oregon. yeah. yeah. Um, and the premise: they're you know they're foreclosing on their house because right. of a developer, like some sort of eminent domain thing. And you want um, to hear something crazy? Yes, yes. My wife has never seen it. Oh wow! Now that's and she has no desire to. Hmm. I might get a divorce. Your, <laughs> I your like wife, the f- your wife doesn't like Jeff Goldblum, so. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, your the, move, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> Start your podcast and talk about us. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, so we had an I, as, asthmatic I, Sean Astin. That's right. <laughs> Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Yeah. A Corey. Which Corey? Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman, yes. <laughs> Feldman, yes. yeah. Uh, Richard Donner was the um, director, and Steven Spielberg actually wrote the story, right? Not the script. Uh, no, uh, written by Chris Columbus. Oh well, what is Steve? He is. He's got a writing credit on that. Uh, directed by Richard Donner and oh, uh, yeah, Chris Columbus wrote it with Steven Spielberg. Yeah, so talk about was that after he discovered heft. America? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> you can edit that one. We'll, we'll, we'll be. <laughs> yeah, let me check your volume here, Scott. How's your volume? (laughs) Um, It's hard to record for my car. Yeah, not really a coming of age movie necessarily, but but it's it's it's, uh, uh, one of those teen movies where they all get together for a common cause, Mm -hmm. um, despite their differences. Yeah, and then it had that that cool element of fantasy to it. It did. Where they're 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 tripping all the booby traps and all that stuff. Yeah, it was a cool movie. And oh, and and and, and Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. It has a very Scooby Doo feel right. to yeah. it. Yeah, kind of what it was like a Scooby Doo. Like, yeah, it's a really good romp, adventure romp type movie. I I enjoy the Goonies. Yeah, I like it. I think it's a good movie, Dave. The Goonies. You know, I don't I don't remember if I saw that or not. To be honest with you, I may have a long time ago, but again, if I did, not memorable. So fair anyway. enough. Yeah, it was an it was one of those that I actually got to see in the theater as a kid. So there's not a ton of those for me, um, but the, that's why I, obviously they stick out more if you see them in the theater. I think. Um, I didn't see a lot of movies as a kid, but I saw enough to where, you know, Back to the Future I saw in the theater, Footloose I saw in the theater, um, Weird Science I saw in the theater. So those are the ones that kind of stick out. And this one, Goonies. So, yeah. 
Well, how about uh, Heathers? Oh yeah, we gotta talk about Heathers. Um, gotta talk about Heathers. The grand, the grandfather of black comedies for the '80s, at least. Um, but yeah, Heathers, Winona Ryder, Christian Slater. Um, Christian Slater doing his absolutely best. Uh, uh, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. <laughs> oh, he is really <laughs> I, making it obvious. He, in that movie. Oh God, I mean, yeah, that's kind of his shtick, isn't it? I, I mean, it. But it was really over he, the top. He's like Heathers. the Wish version. I, I, <laughs> uh, uh, Shannon Doherty. Yeah, oh, yeah, Shannon Doherty. Absolutely. Winona Ryder. Rider. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that that had appearance by uh, Glenn Shadow, who who uh, uh, was Otho in Beetlejuice. Oh yeah. With Winona Ryder. Yeah. Just uh, lots of great, lots of great. Uh, there's some random people in here. Yeah, there was a kind of a random movie. Very, very dark. Oh my comedy. Yeah. God, it's dark. Just from the opening thing where he, you know, he the jocks approach him and say, I don't know that he fags in here. Yeah. And then he goes, Well, apparently there's apparently there's no assholes either. <laughs> there's no limit on the number of assholes that can come in. Well, I don't and he's know. like, What'd you say to me? He's like I'm sorry you didn't hear that. Let me repeat myself. And he pulls out a gun. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and then and then we're off. Yeah. You know, uh, it has Heathers the, was great. It was just a great uh, movie. It, it's it's full steam ahead. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it's one of those where you you watch it and then you might look at your watch and you're like, holy shit, this has yeah. been on for 45 minutes? <laughs> yeah. And, and I thought it was five minutes. Yeah. I, 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 it's just, uh, it, it's a fucking locomotive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and it's nonstop. It's just, yeah, it's, it just pulls you over. Um, you, we, we were discussing a little bit off mic about how, you know, music, it sort of intertwines with the, with the movies, the the cultural impact of music like they talk about you know the, these girls are checking out christian slater's character and then you know they they mention he looks like elvis costello you know which i thought was funny it's like well, you don't think of elvis costello as being like an 80s but back then he had he had kind of he was kind of at his peak powers and elvis costello was in, in that mid 80s um, but never really like a uh Tiger Beat, sort of a look. <laughs> yeah, because you, you know we talked about Fast Times at Ridgemont High and like the Pat Benatar, you know, like the, the uh, yeah, the, like, uh, Pat yeah, Benatar, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. They make a mention about how many girls now have the Pat Benatar look. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, it. But that notwithstanding, it's just you know the whole the whole the the. The kids in the coffins in their football uniforms. <laughs> yes. I love my dead and, gay son. And, and the quote you've been using yeah. all night. I love my dead gay son. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've never heard or seen this movie. Oh, my God. Heathers. Now, Dave, have you seen Heathers? A long time ago, and I don't remember a whole lot about it, other than Slater doing his best to do a Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I, that's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Scott, you need to check that one out. That's a good one. The, yes. the, the the cast I'm seeing is just ridiculous. Oh, it's just it's, everybody's involved involved with it is 
I I must watch. Yeah, it's it's a good one, um, and it, it's it kind of had that indie feel to it. Like it wasn't really a blockbuster. Yeah, kinda, you, no, yeah, you know. But it's 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 had some staying power because people that have seen Heather's. You know, it, it kind of a lot. It, it makes an impression, and 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 the fucking best was the end when Winona Ryder grabs a cigarette uh-huh. and basically lights a cigarette off of his corpse. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I don't need to watch it anymore. Oh my god! It it's so apparently. I guess that movie it was originally called Lethal Attraction. Have you seen this? They, they, no. There's no. a there's a trailer that has it's basically the same trailer, but it's called at the end they start talking. It's called this is this is like Lethal Attraction. Really? And uh, yeah, it was same movie or it's same movie. They changed the name of it to Heather's apparently from Lethal Attraction. Well, I, it was brilliant that all the character, well, all, all the all the bitches were called Heather. Were called Heather. That yeah. was I think that was <laughs> the three Heathers. That was great. Yeah, and of course you didn't mourn their demise because it's like, no. yeah, that bitch got it. They yeah. were terrible people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Um, I, I I like movies where terrible people get their <laughs> get their comeuppance. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess you need to talk about one of the really iconic movies of the eighties, late eighties, eighty nine. Say anything. We're circling back around to John Cusack. Oddly enough, Curtis Armstrong was not in this one. <laughs> he was not. <laughs> but uh, Lily Taylor was wonderful as, um, don't remember her, her character's name, but she was the one that wrote the sad songs about Joe. Joe loves oh, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, written and directed by uh, Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe, yeah. Um, and the most, to me... And you can argue this with me if you like. The most iconic movie scene from the entire decade is John Cusack holding up the boombox. Is uh, there is there a more iconic that I think that pose damn near sums up the eighties? Yeah. Um, you know he's wearing trench coat and he's got the almost like a grunge look because it's approaching the grunge era. You know, it is. So yeah. Um. I have to say that uh, John Cusack character, what was his name? Uh, Lloyd Dobler. Yeah. Yeah. Might be the most likable character in any movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it, he's incredibly He's likable. like the guy you would like to hang out with. And the, the, the two girls in the, in the music store, they kind of bring that up. It's like, yeah, I, I'd totally like to date this guy. Yeah, because you know, he's my just friend. a good person. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, but they're happy that he's just their friend. Yeah, yeah. It was it. It's very that relationship that he has with those other two. It's very touching. It's a very nice relationship, platonic relationship that they have. With, yes, you know. Yeah, I like I like that. And like they're rooting they're rooting for him. Yeah, with uh, yeah. with Ione Skye's character. Yeah, uh, and uh, um, then John Mahoney. John Mahoney from as most people know him from Frasier. Right. Um. But yeah, as the the, the 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 dad not not good enough for uh, yeah no one's good enough and and, and really the, his that he was a piece of shit came out of left field yeah you didn't it really see it coming you just thought he was just kind of an uppity asshole but then he just became he was a scumbag and bezler and you know, yeah 
Yeah. And then uh, then then took the uh, the whole route of oh I just did it for you. Right. Yeah. Everything I, I still, I'm, I'm, I, yeah. I'm. I'm still not going to take the fucking blame. <laughs> right. Because I was I doing for this you. for the better so good. Your fault. No. Yeah. You're a. You're a piece of shit. Yeah, I totally threw her, and that's when she realizes I'm going. I'm taking Lloyd with me. Yeah. I don't give a shit. That was her moment. Yes. That was her epiphany. You know, it's it's got to be a come down for you know because she idolized. Oh man. You know, I mean, absolutely. So, worship the ground he walked yeah, on and then she was very much disillusioned um just a great it's a great movie the little his little the little kid in that was so good he's like what are we oh like? yes <laughs> yeah I, 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 and uh, Cusack has no direction yeah except just a kick to be a kickboxer I just want to be a kickboxer <laughs> I've, I've never heard of this movie say anything is you've never heard no oh oh man um, I mean, I'm I'm looking who's in it, and Dave, you got anything on say anything? Uh, I've seen it. I wasn't as touched by it by you guys as as you guys are, but that's you know that's just that's just me. So I just I thought Cusack's uh, oh, character a, was just my, so I, my, fucking good. I'm a big Cusack fan, like you guys are. So I just this was okay to me. I mean, it's got Jeremy Piven in it, so that's right, Jeremy Piven. It's good is, in spite of that. <laughs> Is, is is the douchebag in the parking lot? Yeah, it, in the gas and soap. Yeah, <laughs> and what throws me off? It, there's somebody in it by the name of Stone Gossard, who is a guitarist of Pearl Jam. I wonder if that's a cameo. I it I, might be. Yeah, I could see yeah, that. I because just find it very odd. Would have been before Pearl Jam though, '89. Just before. Yeah, because yeah, Pearl I mean, Jam. I mean, that would have been. Mother Love Bone, which would have been pre-Pearl Jam, but it was, it's just odd that he's in the uh, yeah that in was the cast. Fun. It had it was it worked because it had like it had nice moments, but it had really good comedy. With comedy it. was the real. Comedy good, was it? superb. Yeah, the whole gas and sip scene was really hysterical. So when, if you guys know so much about women, why are you at the gas and sip on a Saturday night? Like, <laughs> and they there's silence. It's like, by choice, man. Yeah. <laughs> man, bitches, bitches, man. <laughs> I I that, yeah, I think it's an absolutely iconic movie. Yeah. Um, if not the most iconic movie, certainly, arguably the most iconic scene from that decade. Oh God, yeah. So, yeah. Um. What else? What else we got? What do you got? I don't have anything else. Really? I, yeah. I have exhausted my. We talked about. Uh... Well, I want to bring up. Um, we have 1981's Full Moon High. Mm. Okay, it's got uh, Adam Arkin, Alan Arkin. TV's Pinky Tuscadero. And uh, basically what it is, during a trip to Transylvania, Adam Arkin, who's good at sports, uh, he gets uh, bitten by a wolf, comes home and becomes a werewolf. He continues Uh, to be good at sports as a werewolf while he's in high school. Does that sound familiar? Uh, I'm... 
So this is 81. This is 81. Is he a teenager? He's a teenager. <laughs> and he's a wolf. He's a wolf. He's so in he's, high school. So he's he a plays teen sports. wolf. He's a... Yeah. Oh. It's the exact same movie as 1985's <laughs> Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox. Yeah, but this one has Ed McMahon. <laughs> it, did, it did have Ed McMahon. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know how they were not sued. Uh, that is crazy. Unless they were able to <laughs> avoid uh, the the uh, lawsuits by switching it from football to basketball. basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Was anybody surfing on a van? Uh, yeah, I mean, Full Moon High and Teen Wolf—they're the exact same S- fucking movie. Exactly. Now, Full Moon High is. Lower quality. It's very campy. Yes. I, I was getting a lot of, like, naked gun vibes from the trailer. Well, I, I, these, and I don't think they were intentional. It's just a bad movie. <laughs> but. I don't think they took themselves seriously on it. But Teen Wolf was absolutely a ripoff of it. Well, yeah. Except he played basketball. <laughs> Um, so people are going to kick our ass we don't talk about Back to the Future Back to the Future was he a teen though yes absolutely he was a high schooler yeah 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 Yeah. they were all in high school yeah and went back to high school (laughs) that's right yeah and he made out with his mom and another one uh, Robert Zemeckis yeah yeah this is another one I saw I've seen a lot of times. More than the sequels. The sequels were pretty good. Well, one of the sequels was good. Um, but then you forgot Back to the Future 3. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, obviously the launching pad for... Um, not really the launching pad for Michael J. Fox, but... It was his. It was his. Well, I, I think gateway it's into set him into another stratosphere. He yeah. was still in Family Ties, right? Um, when they did this, right. so it, it, it's. I think it certainly shut off mm-hmm. his movie career in a big way. Yeah, and Leah Thompson just oh, I just love oh, love Leah Thompson. In that. Yeah. yeah, she's she's still good. Yeah, yeah. that's that's crazy. I, she still looks great. I think she's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Back to the Future was, you know. By the way, she's nude in uh, uh, All the Right Moves. What? Oh, I'm going to go see that. I am am totally not looking that up right now. On demand. She and Tom Cruise have a scene in All the Right Moves where they're both, I mean, there's no full frontal nudity, but they're both naked. And, uh, yeah, you you get to see a little flesh in that. I I require full frontal, so... Yeah, it's well, kind of like you get. You get I want to let her know. <laughs> yeah, you do that. I think there might be a little bit of bush in that if you if you want. <laughs> that yeah, that's fine. But it's Tom Cruise's. So, one of the things I thought was interesting about this was that. Uh, 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 Eric Stoltz was mm-hmm. originally Marty McFly. They re, they they filmed six weeks before they replaced him. 
Really? Hmm. So uh, I, I was watching a, a, a little clip of uh, uh, Michael J. Fox talking about it, and he said for his, I don't know how many weeks, all he did was reaction shots from stuff that was already filmed. Mm. So what's the story behind Eric Stoltz? departure no chemistry. no chemistry he, he they, they just the chemistry to... and he couldn't do comedy he yeah he did yeah. not he had the same way but wait, wait. he was not the comedy didn't come through yeah with him. it was very robotic eric stoltz can't do comedy he, not this comedy <laughs> okay because there's a little movie that he was in right uh-huh animal house uh, oh I, <laughs> yeah okay that's the, the comedy uh, it was completely different. That's when really Michael J. Fox. I'm fascinated said. by that because I would think he could do a comedy. You know, yeah, he uh, was in a comedy with Belushi and you know Stephen. Because if I remember correctly, part of the film is still him. Yes, there are some. There are a couple of like, shots like where from he's behind. Yeah, really. uh, I, I think like uh, one of the shots where he's driving the DeLorean is still Stoltz it, it, there, exactly, but. Um, uh, excuse me, guys. Did, did one of you say he was in Animal House? Stoltz? Eric, was that Eric Stoltz? No, he was not in Animal House. Who was the... Okay, who was Amadeus? Oh. Oh, Tom Hulse. Tom, Tom Hulse. Yes. Oh. Can you please edit that? <laughs> Something tells me you won't. I, I, I'm going to put this that. in the dumbass version <laughs> you need to make a dumbass hat and everybody gets to wear it Thomas Hulse he's going to replay it twice son of a bitch <laughs> at least when I say something stupid it's not recording <laughs> okay thank you for clearing that up Dave I, I didn't want to go I, on I, 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 was, I, was, I know you had a confused I, I, look on your face I, did. But I felt I needed to, I needed to plow on <laughs> Tom Hulse, not Eric Stoltz. But right. you see my confusion. I, but they I, rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. But yeah, so uh, but that was the, 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 the reason. Eric Stoltz couldn't... He was reading the lines, but not... Hmm. He was reading like, the lines. He was, yeah, he was doing the lines, but it wasn't... You pulled a time from machine? From a DeLorean? <laughs> you know? It, 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 he just Jerry didn't Lewis. do it. <laughs> Everything I do is Jerry Lewis. <laughs> He's more, you built a time machine from a DeLorean? <laughs> um, oh, then we, we, we kind of touched on it before. Uh, Friday the 13th, 1980. Yeah, um, yeah. A bonafide slasher, and you know this one. Uh, in, it kind of did in Halloween, but this one really links teens having sex to teens getting killed. <laughs> yeah, I in, mean in, it, the, in the most iconic way ever. Yeah, right. I, I, uh, I mean that's a hell of a PSA. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, can't overstate its influence on pop culture, though. I mean, no, you can't. It's just 
And again, and, and again, you know, I think a lot of people think the way you do that Jason was the killer in that one, but yeah. it was Jason's mom and the, uh, the, the that the famous sound where you go, yeah, yeah, that is the composer saying ma ma ma, which was short for kill mom, kill mom. So, so, was she super strong? No, she just had a big butcher knife. Oh, okay. Cause, <laughs> yeah. No, she helps. didn't break people in two or anything. Cause, cause she like, just she didn't, have, she didn't have superpowers. She, like, no, like, she just no, put like, sharp like, objects through. Like, picture like her picking people up. No, like, no, 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 no. Undertaker no. style. That was not that. No, that didn't happen. All right, no. all right. No, I was just no, wondering. No. I was just wondering. Now, in the next one, Jason... Uh, it was Jason as the killer, but he was he wore a burlap sack over his head mm-hmm. with eyes, I think one eye cut out. Um, and it wasn't until the third movie that they the went to Dick's Sporting Goods and bought <laughs> a hockey mask. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you were three movies in before Jason became yeah, and everybody the Jason went, that you know. Right. And that's what everybody kind of wished the sack would have. Stuck. Yeah, the socks, uh, the burlap sock, kind of creepy. I, it's more creepier than a hockey mask. <laughs> Indeed. Depends on which team you're on. Right, right. Depends what sack you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's lots of sacks. So, you know. Um, oh, and one other thing about. Uh, oh, another John Cusack, The Sure Thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with that one? Dave, are you familiar with The Sure Thing? Uh, no, I'm not. Sorry. Uh, John Cusack, uh, directed by Rob Reiner. Uh, Henry Winkler was one of the producers. Uh, Cusack plays a college freshman. No luck with the ladies. And his high school buddy asked him to come to California because he was going to hook him up with A Sure Thing. Mm-hmm. So Cusack manages to get a ride from New England to California, but his ex-girlfriend also got a ride from the same company. (laughs) So they spend the whole ride bickering, Mm -hmm. bitching at each other. Uh, The driver can't take it any longer. It leaves them both on the side of the road. The ex starts to get gets a ride with someone who winds up trying to rape her. Cusack happens to find them, saves the day. Um, and what what kills me? She's disgusted uh, by Cusack's uh, character Walter uh, because she finds out that he was just on his way to California for his sure thing. But she was on her way to California to see her boyfriend during spring break to get her sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean that's actually got some names in that movie. Uh, yeah, Anthony Edwards, a guy named Anthony Tim Edwards. Robbins, Tim oh, Robbins, yeah, Tim Nicolette Robbins. Sheridan. Yeah, it's got some. Oh, Nicolette Sheridan was in it. I like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, basically, uh, Nicolette Sheridan was the sure thing, and yeah. he meets her and can't seal the deal, and it's Nicolette fucking Sheridan. <laughs> Come on, John Cusack. <laughs> yeah, you gotta close her, that deal. Her character. What's, what's is, that, Dave? 
I mean, I'm just, this is off topic, and, and sorry, but you guys, I'm a big Cusack fan like you guys are. To me, John Cusack is the Grifters. He was great. Oh, in the yes. Grifters. To me, that defines that, that defines him for me, that movie. That's just that's, me. That's a great movie. It is. Yeah. Just, I just want to throw that in. I mean, her character name was the sure thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> See, that's that's name. what it's labeled as. But it does. John. John is is king of. They won't hear my phone if it's on vibrate. <laughs> Damn! It's on the solid wooden table. <laughs> Where mics are sitting. I'm not having a great night quality-wise here. You'll have to bear with me. I'll bring my A-game next time, or maybe I won't. We'll see. We'll set her for your B or C game. <laughs> Thanks. You don't like Now, my- uh, would... Um, it's set in college, but they are college freshmen, so they're uh, teenagers. Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, I kind of went back and forth on Revenge of the Nerds. Ollie, uh, they're college freshmen. They're. It's not a. Uh, I think the the college movie, and that's kind of why I didn't really touch on Animal House, other than my incredibly stupid faux pas. <sighs> <laughs> um, <laughs> because because it, it, it's, I think the. Co- I think the college scene is almost its own genre. I I wow. say I say it counts because of Curtis Armstrong. Curtis, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we might as well stay with Curtis Armstrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> he certainly he made a lot of money in those five years, right? <laughs> when he was in seventeen movies. <laughs> yes. Well, then he wound up in Moonlighting. Yes. And of course, as Scott and I mentioned before, he's now snot snot on American Dad. Oh, okay. Not to be confused with Booger. Yes. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> where I know. I, you know, uh, your first. Uh, Audrey Reds of the Nerds. Yeah, and that's that's probably his most well known role, right? Is Booger. Oh, I would think and, so. You know, I, I think, think that's oh, probably yeah. his most best people. One. Re- Probably call him Booger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he likes that when he goes to, <laughs> when he goes to Comic Con. Hey, Booger. <laughs> As long as he does the burp, I'm good. So he's played a he's played a snot and he's played a booger. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Now, uh, uh, one more one one more teen horror movie uh, that I have to mention, absolutely iconic, was 1984's A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh yeah, that had a large impact. It, it, yeah. Oh, Freddy Krueger. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, uh, Heather Langenkamp, uh, Robert England. This, I mean, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne, really? Yeah, yeah. He, he was in that. I don't remember char- him in that. Played a character named Max. I don't remember him in that either. I'd... Wes Craven directed it. Re- we- yeah, Wes Craven directed that one. Um, I th- man, some of those scenes. Are incredible. Uh, him dragging the body bra- bag with the student in it across the hall. I mean, th- 
He wasn't, and this was, be, I mean, he was, he made slight jokes, but it was before he became the Jerry Lewis of <laughs> slasher killers, you know? <laughs> Stop running so I can kill you, Will. Hi, <laughs> my side is waiting. I'm so tired. <laughs> Don't fall asleep. <laughs> so, but I mean, the, I mean, the 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 the, uh, the glove, the the sweater, everything about that movie yeah. is. Uh, and she was also Kevin McAllister uh, with all the booby traps she set up. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. See, they'd be like this. The first line of defense is to set up a perimeter, Home Alone <laughs> yes. style. You gotta set something up that would take you a month to do, and about an hour and a half. Right, like a like a Rube Goldberg. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the tub scene is still disturbing. Oh, the the tub scene is disturbing. Uh, the, the, the the scene with the uh, Johnny Depp in the bed. Uh, yep. Uh, the the scene where uh, the the tongue comes out of the receiver oh. and the telephone. There's there's a lot. Yeah, uh, I, I that movie is absolutely iconic, mm-hmm. and I think it helped really shape the more uh, supernatural bad guy. Oh yeah. In in the teen movies. I I mean to this day when I get a bubble bath I'm I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think everyone is. <laughs> you have to remember that for, Wes, for numerous Wes, reasons. Uh, you have to remember that Wes Craven uh, going back a few back in the early 70s directed the original Last House on the Left. Yes. Which was uh, at that for that time. That was gritty. Uh, that was that, Course, that was almost, man, that was almost unheard of. Yeah, at that at that particular time. Yeah, I believe. I want to think when that movie first came out, it, the 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 rating was. I think they wanted to rate it X. Hmm. But, yeah, they wanted to. Uh, that, that was that was way before NC seventeen. That was around seventy seventy one when that came out. And uh, I remember, I remember seeing it when it came out, and it was, uh, you know, cringeworthy. I think is the term that I would yeah. use. Well, and uh, that brings up a good point: is uh, the main bad guy uh, in Last House on the Left? His name was Krug. Oh, really? Yes. So okay. Craven named Freddy Krueger as an homage to that character. Huh. Okay. Okay. Krug Stillo. Huh? Krug Stillo. I I couldn't tell you anybody who was in that movie. I uh, acting wasn't great, um, but, I, but it, it it almost comes off like a fucking snuff film. I mean, it's Jeez. gritty. <clears throat> yeah, it does. Yeah, they remade it for two thousand nine. Yeah, they stop. Uh, <laughs> So does this seem? Is it me or does it seem like the iconic character names? A lot of them come from the horror. Like, what was Tom Cruise's name in Top Gun? His real name. Quick. Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger. Friday the Thirteenth. Jason Voorhees. Uh, yeah. Halloween. 
Michael Myers. Yeah, you know their names right away. Yeah, it's immediately evocative, and and I don't know that it's that that way with other genres. You know. No, I don't. I think it just I, seems like they're if you know we're keeping with the theme of the pop culture outreach. You know, the kids in elementary school teasing each other. They they mentioned Freddy Krueger, you know, right away. That comes from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, you know. So, seems like it's it's a hallmark of a horror film that they make it makes that impression where those character names are just burned into your psyche. Oh, what, whether you've seen it or not, you know right, exactly. The, you, you know the names. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck. I mean, people even know the. One, two, Fred is coming after you. Three, three, four, better lock your door. I mean, it's that's how deeply ingrained yeah. that stuff is. Yeah, it, and Scott doesn't even like horror. I, yeah, that's yeah, but I he put, knows it. That's how I put my kid to sleep. <laughs> I, I put mine to sleep by reading my podcast. <laughs> better than the chloroform. <laughs> Yeah, it's out of chloroform. <laughs> so, um, does anybody have anything else from the eighties? No, I've I've exhausted all of the movies that I've ever seen in the eighties. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not true. Now, yeah, the thing is, I mean, there's just so many. We could go on forever talking about this stuff. I mean, just about the the uh, the teen slasher stuff. Yeah, there were. Dozens of them, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, <laughs> holy shit! You gotta, you gotta stop at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I do think it's uh, interesting noting how you could you can see the stepstones in uh, teen movies over the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the, you went from the uh, from Dee Dee and Frankie mm-hmm. to to the stuff that was in the 70s with, uh, I mean, yeah, with they weren't as formulatic in the 70s, but, right. uh, you know, you could tell they were drawn on, and mm-hmm. they kept evolving until you got to the 80s. And I, I think most teen movies now are basically still building on stuff they did in the 80s. Right. I agree with that. I, you've got, like, American Pie... All yeah, that stuff the, is just reference from the it 80s. It is absolute 80s stuff. Yeah. Because American Pie is such a relevant <laughs> thing now. Um But I, I you know, I think that that's all that I have for the eighties. That's all that I have. And I'm gonna go uh read a biography on Thomas Hulse. Make sure I understand understand what he actually did for a living. That's that's Flounder. Flounder. That's that that was Stephen First character. That was Stephen First character. Okay, I got something right. Pinto. Pinto. Yes. Pinto. Yeah. I got something right. right, Flounder was. uh, So I got a little redemption there. And I'm going to wonder why we didn't talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? They've got Teenage in the name. <laughs> well, it was not on my list. Or mine. Or, or, or was it in the 80s? It was. Was it? In the late 80s. Very late. 
And you're not talking about the animated shit. You're talking mm-hmm. about the guys walking around in the turtle costumes. Jim Henson. Okay. Yes. Hey guys, it, it was '89. I'm I'm going to end with this. Uh, a little story about Animal House, if you don't mind. Yeah. You don't find this really funny, and I and I've heard I've seen the a documentary where the cast members talking about this. They went up to Eugene, Oregon, where the where the, the movie was filmed, uh, and uh, the, the cast members gathered up there, and they were sort of bonding and whatnot. And and this was like uh, Tim Matheson and uh, Bruce McGill, and uh, 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 the guy uh, the guy who played Hoover, several of them, and Kevin Bacon, several of them. Uh, they got invited to this uh, party, this frat house, by some by some girl. Of course, Matheson was up there making. He was trying to meet all the girls. They went to this uh, frat party, and uh, long story short, they started. They went in there and started kind of mixing around, and they felt a really hostile vibe from the very beginning. And uh, it, they ended up getting the shit kicked out of them because these frat guys beat beat them up. They they actually beat the hell out of three or four of the cast members. <laughs> <laughs> This was like the Friday or Saturday night before they were start to, supposed to start filming on Monday, and one of them had a chipped tooth, and it was, uh, yeah, they, uh, the, the, the frat people up there didn't appreciate these these Hollywood guys coming in and invading their uh, their campus, and also <laughs> the scene where the, the scene in the president's office with the horse, they actually filmed that in the the president's office. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. The president of Oregon, University of Oregon at that time, he had been at another university when, um, remember the graduate? Yes. He had been in the university, they were looking for uh, uh, sets to, to film the graduate, and he had been at the school where they approached them about doing that, and the school said, no, we, we can't have that movie filmed here because it's about adultery and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, when... Uh, uh, Landis and the producers of Animal House went to this guy at Oregon. Uh, he said, look, he, he told him that story. He said, look, obviously I don't know how to read scripts. So yeah, you guys come on in and, and film your movie here. So there's, there's other stories involved with that, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. So guys, it's been fun. I need to sign off here. So uh, I, I enjoyed enjoy it. So you guys, you guys be cool. Yeah. And, uh, uh, let me know when the next one is, okay? All right. Well, thanks a lot, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Okay. Thank you. Guys. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care. Oh, you know what that means. I know what that means. We want to thank everybody for hanging out with us tonight. On another edition of the Sugar Frosted Podcast, we hope everybody enjoyed listening. We got more good stuff coming up. Stay tuned. Take care, everyone. Any last words, Scott? Good night. <laughs> Very eloquent. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs>